Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome this evening's guest moderator, founder and editor of Women in Hollywood blog on IndieWire, Melissa Silverstein, and tonight's guest, Frida Pinto. Hi, good evening. Thank Hello. You. Thank you so much for being here. Look at Thank this. Thank you so much. I didn't actually didn't expect um, even half of this to actually be here, considering it's a rainy day, and it's just me. My, my director's not here, my actor's not here, so thank you very much. I'm very flattered. Okay, but this movie is you. I mean, you are in every scene of this movie, so you have to own that. Okay, I will. Okay. It's a remake of Thomas Hardy's novel, and, well, not a remake, a reinterpretation of the classic novel, and it's a very beautiful film to watch, it's lovely. And my first question for you is, what drew you to this film? Well, the first thing actually that drew me to this film was Michael Winterbottom, because even though I had read this book before, and I don't know if any, has anyone read the book over here? Um, We're kind you of, have. we kind of illiterate here in the uh, US, no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no. But the book, I mean, when I read it back in college, it was one of those books that I enjoyed reading in the beginning till it started getting really frustrating. And um, so from the point of view of having this, this book being made into the film, it was just very interesting for me because it was not going to be set in England. It was going to be set in India. It was a reimagining of it rather than a remake, mm -hmm. you know? And it was going to be Michael Winterbottom. So as soon as I heard of it, I just jumped at the opportunity. And to be really honest, for any actor, you, especially ethnic minority actor, you're waiting for an opportunity where you get a chance to be part of a film, like you said, where you're in every frame, you get your every acting muscle stretched. And this was that opportunity that came for me. And you know, it, the film has a lot of issues, and it, like class. Mm -hmm. I mean, and class in India is uh, something that we don't necessarily have a grasp of, but it's got class and it's also issues related to sexuality and sexual freedom where right. a young woman n might not necessarily have those uh, opportunities when she's home, but when she's free, she embraces her sexuality in some way. So talk a little bit about um, how you made this character come to life because she is such a full character who deals with so many different issues throughout the film. Well, you know, she's really different from what I am. And that was the biggest challenge of having to work with this character because Michael pretty much saw her a certain way and he wanted me to kind of make it more real rather than make it forced and submissive. A certain way, what, what does that mean? A certain way was like passive, right. but at the same time strong. Mm -hmm. And that is a bigger challenge because it's easier to just play passive and submissive. Right. But to show, the, to show her inner strength without saying too much was what, you know, was my real challenge. Because most of the time, I wanted to, there were scenes where, in which Michael would just say, stay back, observe and absorb, just don't say anything. And um, the inner fighter in me would be like, but why? She's been subjected to so much. If I would say something, I would want her to say something too, but that's when he reminded me that I wasn't playing me, I was playing Tess, you know, I was playing Trishna. Um, so my preparation was more about spending a lot of time with the girls in Rajasthan, this, where the film mm -hmm. was based. Um, also the family in the film that play my, my mother, my mother and my father were real actors, but the rest of them, were an actual family in Oceania, this little village um, on the outskirts of Jodhpur. 
And I spent a lot of time with them, um, spoke to a lot of girls over there, and pretty much got an idea, a sense of what 19th century England um, posed, the, the problems that women faced back then were not very different from 21st century India, but in the villages, in the rural population, very different from the urban population, and also the times in which um, the 19th century England, you know, the industrialization, the modernization that happened, that's pretty much is what is happening in India at the moment. Mm. So um, I had to pretty much draw bits and pieces out of you know, these, these stories that I heard from these girls and uh, bring it into my own character and reinterpret it in my way. So really you could introduce to them modernity when you were in this village with all these girls who might not, I mean, did they have TV and was it just the beginning? I mean, yeah, they had TV, but yeah, no, no 40 stations or anything like that. No, no what stations? 40 stations, yeah. no cable and yeah. satellite. You know what? At, at the moment, you're talking about the girls right now, right? In the, in the villages that you went where you had to... You know, it's very strange, but they're very... They, they love watching TV. Mm. They love cable. They have cable TV okay. as well. And that is their only source of entertainment, oh. you know, and they love it. And a lot of them they enjoy because Bollywood's so big in India, right, right, and you right. know that. They love their song and dance, and they love listening to music. Um, but strangely enough, a lot of girls that I spoke to um, who would watch movies like that and talk about girls whose stories they liked in films, they never felt that they could have that life. Right. That was the difference. It was TV. It was TV, mm -hmm. that was, and that was not their reality. So what I was reading about this film, you being on in every frame of the film, has got to been exhausting and what I read was that um, the script wasn't completely finished and the camera just kept rolling 9 to 11 hours a day so you were basically working 11 hours a day you didn't know what was going to make it in or what wasn't going to make it out talk a little bit about how exhausting that must have been you know, first of all I have to say something at a different film festival I happened to say you know we had no script and Michael objected to that because <laughs> Well, what I was trying to say back then was even though, because he's credited as writer, by the way, and, <laughs> um, and what I was actually trying to say is that we had no solid script, you know, that was hardbound. We had an idea, he had an idea, a concept, and a treatment, okay. and we were playing along with it. Okay. So having the camera rolling throughout the day uh, might have been exhausting, but it just made sure that all of us were in character from beginning to end. Mm. And sometimes what we don't realize are the mistakes are what make it to the final cut. Right. You know, so a lot of mistakes were actually used. A lot of fumbling around and, you know, not knowing where exactly to head next. They actually look more natural and more real than pretending and, you know, a very contrived thing. So, so it was actually very beneficial for me. Mm -hmm. This was the first time I ever worked in a situation How's it going? It's good. Have you tried whistling for them? Have you? No. Like Dad likes it when you whistle for them? You know how to whistle, don't you? Yes, sir. You just put your lips together and blow. Put your lips like this. Remember? Even more softly, softly.
Easy. I still haven't learned to whistle, by the way, so don't ask me to do that. I will not ask you to whistle. Um, you look at that scene and the, the colors are just so glorious and how you try to, like what you were saying before, be very passive and observant and the interaction with um, the actor in terms of how you developed your relationship with him because it seems so real at the same time is must have been so scary for that character because he was from such a different place in the culture. Talk a little bit about like how you made that relationship work. It is pretty much what I observed with girls when you know um, they met male characters like the one of the producers who came with me when I was doing my research and um, their intimidation when they see. Um, um, someone from a city life, especially male in this case, and they automatically have this certain head kind of slightly lowered, more respect, and, you know, not trying to meet eye to eye too much. And this is with the village girls, and, you know, specifically. And I think that body language was really, really important and very, very crucial to my character mm -hmm. as well. You know, um, I had to practice a lot in front of the mirror to have shoulders roll forward, mm -hmm. head down, at the same time make it to make it look, um, not to make it look stupid, mm -hmm. you know, because it can really bother if you kind of overdo it. It can go to that stupid phase as well. So, um, so yeah, I try to observe as much as I could and to have that run within my body. As soon as I would see um, Riz's character, Jay, come by, there was this automatically yes sir, no sir thing happening mm -hmm. in my head, mm -hmm. you know, which everything would be, um, I would only respond if he asked me something. There would never be an upfront confrontation or any question. So, um, yeah, it was... It was weird doing that. <laughs> it was really weird because, um, and most of the times I wanted to be like, you know, but why do I need to do it your way? I'll just do it my way. But yeah, I guess that's the character. The 21st century woman was just like, yeah. I want out of this box. I know, I don't want to be in a cage, right? <laughs> so what I find so amazing is you've had a career for five, six years now, and you've worked with such amazing directors. I mean, Michael Winterbaum, Danny Boyle, Woody Allen. I mean, that's an incredible opportunity for a young woman. Talk a little bit about what you've learned from these people. What I've learned is that you can never say that you've learned everything on one particular film and take it to your next, because you're always going to be challenged with a new approach on your next film. So when I um, worked with Danny on my first film, I thought, wow, I've learned so much. I'm sure I can take this to my next film, which was the Julian Schnabel film, Miral. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, but Julian doesn't work like Danny. Mm -hmm. He's got a completely different style of working. So as an actor, you have to be able to adapt to A, a new setting. In this case, it'd be when we shot in Israel, and a director's style of um, directing you. And I'm really an actor's director at the end of the day. I take as much as possible from the director in order to um, give my character its whole and soul. So yeah, so I just learned that you can't, you, the learning curve is always going to go upwards. It's never going to stop. You're always going to learn something new. And it's always nice, nice to keep improvising and keep learning and growing with it. What has been the biggest challenge for you in your career? Well, I'm going to be honest. Finding roles. Yeah. That, <laughs> I'm just that be would be a honest. good answer. It, it, that would be finding, not, not just finding roles, but finding roles that feel meaningful enough for me to be part of. You know, um, finding female, I mean, I've met a, I met a producer recently and I thought this was just my problem, but actually it's a lot of women actors, you know, actresses face this problem. 
even in America. Mm -hmm. And just finding, because there are so many stories to be told, but for some reason I feel maybe we need more writers, we need more female writers, more female directors, in order to change the way films are perceived. Most of the time when I get a film script, um, I just read it and, and I'm obviously, you know, auditioning for a Rachel or someone else and, and it's just a prop. You yeah. know, she really doesn't do much in the film. And it's disappointing because you go in there knowing that you have this strength that you want to put out there. You know you have so much to offer, mm -hmm. but scripts don't give you that, op these scripts don't give you that opportunity to go and explore. So you kind of feel stunted in a way. Is that the big scripts for the bigger movies that you see or is it the wide, you know? I, I think, yes, it would probably apply more to the bigger, the bigger budget films. Um, but I also feel it's, with, with independent films, it's very hard to get them financed in the first place. So you hardly, it takes so much time for them to happen. I'm working on these two projects at the, at the moment, which I cannot say much about, but just financing has taken a year. Yeah. You know, and they just haven't taken off. I was excited when I saw the Planet of the Apes movie. I was just like, oh, she's a doctor. And then I was like, she didn't really talk that much in that movie. <laughs> So, like, they made you a doctor, which was fantastic, but I was just like, that's not enough to just have the character, It's right? funny, because I thought I was going to be Jane Goodall, you know, on television. And, and that would have been really smart. And, but that was who I researched, because I thought I was playing a Jane Goodall kind of character, so I did research that. But then, looking at the larger picture, it's sold because of the apes and not the doctor, so it's right. fine. And, and when you go in to meet with people, do, you, do they have expectations of you from your previous career working in new modeling and, and, and things like that, or is everything different? At first, when I used to go into meetings, I never really expressed um, my interest to the point that I said, but this is what I don't want to do. I would only talk about what I want to do, what I want to do, and that could be many things. So I think my new approach now, when I go in, the first thing I tell them is what I don't want to do, so that kind of automatically makes it a smaller box of things that I will do, you know? Um, so I guess now it's kind of, after, actually it's not five or six years, it started in 2009, so okay, 2008. That was, that's not, that's like four years. That's four years. That's, that's pretty impressive. Not a very long time, but I try and go in and pitch myself better. And I think it comes with experience. Honestly, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. My first ever panel when I came here, I was just sitting like a lemon, letting Danny and Dev do all the talking. So I think I know I've kind of become more confident in myself now. Yes, clearly. But you're also, you get, you've been in several movies and you, yeah. you're a little older. But I also, I mean, the fact that you are the leading character in this film, in Miral, you were several yeah. leading Generous characters. And I think yeah. that's something that young women look at. And yeah. that the fact that you are not white is a big deal. Because yeah. we don't really see, A, movies that have leads of women, and B, that are not white. Yeah. So that's, it's very impressive. So why don't we just do the last clip? Mm -hmm. And then I will have one more question for you. And then we'll shoot it over to the audience. How did you find me? I went to your house and you weren't there. And my sister told me you were here. I left, um, I left the hotel. Why? Why? Because the hotel business is really my thing. I'm in Bombay now. It's good. 
Why did you leave that day? Tell me. I tried calling you. The phone was off. I carried on trying to call. It became disconnected. We didn't do anything wrong. Did it feel wrong to you? I've got my own place to come here. Okay? And nobody cares if we together or not. We have to worry about what people think. My constant thinking about you. I want to be with you. I want you by my side. It comes to bother you, She comes up on me with me. some ways I think he loves her but he also sees her as a possession and what he says in that clip you don't have to worry about what other people think well that's all she does is worry about what other people think what he thinks what her family thinks what she's supposed to be in the culture and he does not have to do that at all yeah and I guess that's the whole fracture of the relationship right. because while Trishna has this battle to face between modernity and her traditional values that she's born and raised with, the fact that, you know, she, the, the, the modernity would be Jer's character, uh, Riz's character, Jer, and her traditional values. And she tries to kind of find the strength in her to find the balance mm -hmm. so that she can have both. Um, I don't think he makes an attempt. No. He is pretty much, he knows what he wants and he does not know, he kind of doesn't understand um, how his actions could actually, you know, means severe consequences for her. And um, that's the sad part of the relationship because the biggest, the, the, you know, the degradation, the, the downfall of the relationship is the lack of communication, lack of being on the same level. And that's the class difference that Michael wanted to explore. Um, which is also pretty unheard of even in, in rural Rajasthan of um, lower class, you know, village girl marrying an upper class Rajput for that matter. So it's very much prevalent even today. Yeah. So, you know, Slumdog Millionaire was such a huge like success. You guys were like pushed into the Hollywood world um, on your first, you know, tryout. So tell us what was the thing that most shocked you and surprised you when you like went through the whole Hollywood Oscar-y thing for that? Everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything was a shock and a surprise because nothing was I was not prepared for any of it. In fact, it took a good year and a half, or almost two years, for me to even fathom what had actually happened. Mm. And I think that happened on my, the second film premiere that I had. That's when I realized that I'm finally getting the opportunity that I always wanted to have, mm -hmm. to be part of the international global cinema. And if there's one film that made it possible, and not just for me, but for a lot of Indian actors, the fact that the West is now interested in India in a very, very different way, in a, 
almost not in a way where we only talk about snake charmers and riding elephants and the Maharajas and all of that. It's almost in a very positive, progressive light. And I think a lot of that has to be attributed to Slumdog Millionaire. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hi, Frida. Hi. I saw you of the movies, and you are a good actress. And I have a question for you. Is it a good challenge to be in Hollywood? How, how would the challenge be in Hollywood? Yes. Was that the question? Yes. It, it is... A, um, well, let's put it this way. It is a challenge to find, like I said earlier, roles that are not necessarily written for me. But it's a very welcome challenge because I, I like going into meetings and proving people wrong. You know, if at all there is an opportunity to do that. Um, and I like going in there and helping them see it in a different light and trying to think out of the box. Because that, again, is very difficult because a lot of roles are not necessarily written for me. And I'm not looking at playing Indian, Indian roles all the time. I mean. This film, after Slumdog Millionaire, has been my only second Indian role, you know? So I'm not looking at doing that, and I feel ethnically or physically, whichever um, culture I could fit into, I would love to play that. And I enjoyed playing uh, Miral, in this Palestinian character, uh, in Julian's film. And I, think, and I think just like you see um, an American actor playing a British role, an Australian actor, I think it can be possible, possible for ethnic minorities. And the best thing is, uh, like in a Woody Allen film, where you just don't talk about ethnicity, you just don't talk about race, you just don't talk about any of that. I'm just a girl who's enjoying music and, you know, yeah, flirting with this guy. That's about it. You know, and she kind of destroys her marriage. Do, do you have any, um, well, we'll leave that part out. No, the character does, not right. me. Do you have any role models in the business? I do, and strangely, it's a man. Okay. I love Javier Bardem. I feel he has broken every possible boundary, has done the craziest, most fantastic things. I loved him in No Country for All Men. I love the accent he tried to put on. Everything was great. Everything's fantastic. And even today, whatever he does is so inspirational. It does not necessarily have to be a female actor only. It can be a male actor as well who motivates you to keep going. Of course. Uh, other questions? I'm obviously not Hello. a woman myself. Hello. Um, you said something very interesting about the international global cinema and how you fit in. What you said also... Talk, to, talk into the mic, we can't oh, hear you. I'm sorry, it sounds so loud. You talked about the international global cinema and now you know the kind of things that you uh, want. What, what don't you want to do? I think you said you were clear about what you... What I don't want to do. Yeah. Yes, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Yes. Okay. I, when I go, when I read a script, I'm not necessarily looking for just the lead character because I know that's kind of a bit far-fetched. It's not always going to happen. But when I look at the character, if she spells strength in even the smallest form, even if she's got like the, a, a small part in the film, and I feel she has meaning to the script. In other sense, if I'm reading the script and if I pull her out of the story, and it does not affect the script in any possible way. I don't want to play that part. Because then what's the point, you know? Just, I feel like I, I would have just wasted my time. That's a great analogy. If she can disappear from the script, it's not worthy of you. Yeah, and if the script doesn't get affected in any way. Who would you want to, um, who's your dream person to work for, work with? I have been saying this over and over again. Hopefully someone will do something about it. <laughs> Representative? <laughs> 
Um, I love Wong Kar Wai, and I think Wong Kar Wai, uh -huh. um, if I'm familiar with his work, In the Mood for Love, Happy Together, yes. Chicken Express, In the I mood mean, for love. just beautiful romantic films, and again, exploring human relationships, um, the making of them, the breaking of them, and I think that's just beautiful. It just speaks a lot to me. Terrence Malick as well, I think he's amazing, absolutely amazing. Anybody else? David Fincher. Can I keep going? Yes. <laughs> Would you ever consider doing a Bollywood movie? Because I think a lot of Indians need, in India, role models such as yourself as well. Um, I have to, I have to exp now that I get an opportunity to do it in America, I have to explain something over here because I'm very badly misunderstood every time I say um, I want to do Indian cinema and not necessarily Bollywood. And I'll explain why I say that. Because I feel, unfortunately, over the years, Bollywood has been really misconstrued and misunderstood. People almost forget to add this 1980s beautiful cinema. Um, like there was this film called Mirch Masala, which I feel this film, uh, Trishna has a lot in common with, Earth. The great old days of Nasiruddin Shah, Satyajit Ray, even back in the day. And people forget to include these films because as soon as they say Bollywood, all they're thinking of is song and dance and the whole commercial fair. And uh, because my parents, when, they, when I was growing up, exposed me to the 1980s cinema, I, I fell in love with it and I knew that one day I would want to do the same thing. That's what I grew up doing and that's where I feel, in those films I feel I would be able to do full justice to whatever I'm given. And that's what I mean when I say, not today's understanding of Bollywood cinema, but I would love to do Hindi films. And I think there are some amazing Indian film directors. Anurag Kashyap, who's part of this film as well, who did this film called Black Friday, and he did um, uh, this girl, The Girl in the Yellow Boots. He's an amazing director. He just doesn't do the typical Bollywood fare. What about Mira Nair? Mira Nair as well. Let's give her a call. We will. All I know right. she just did a film with... Um, the, uh, Riz, no, Riz no, Ahmed. Riz, okay. Riz Ahmed, who's in this okay. call. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm a big fan. Thank you. I'm just wondering um, where there's a big problem with um, inequality in the workplace. Do you feel that you're being treated differently as a woman? Um, do you feel you're being treated differently because you're a woman? In the sense, in a good way or a bad way? Bad way. In any sense. I don't let anyone take advantage of me, so... <laughs> so for that matter, I would not, I will not let myself be treated badly. So in that, so I feel everything is going good for me, and I know everything is going good for me. I remember this amazing saying that I was grown up. Um, you know, when I grew up, I was taught. I think it's um, Roosevelt, Eleanor Roosevelt, which said, "No one has the consent to make you feel inferior but yourself." Wow, you so, are awesome. So yeah, I just don't give anyone the consent. Fantastic. Um, what are you most proud of with this film? I, I don't know. It's, I think I, what I'm most proud of is I never knew I could do this. Mm -hmm. I never um, did a film before this on, wherein I was called on set every single day. Um, I did not have a single break. And I never really thought I would have that in me to go, just go through it and perform every minute of the day without a script, without a script, <laughs> okay. We had a script, remember? But without like a hardbound script. And improv was so much fun. And I just, I feel so proud that I actually managed to do it. And, you know, I feel proud of just being associated with this film. I have uh, two questions. 
thank you. I have two questions. Um, Start off with the first one. Yeah. So are there rules that you would not consider playing? And then secondly, um, and apologies if this sort of breaches personal boundaries and you can feel free not to answer. What's it like living with Dev Patel? <laughs> All right, so you don't have to answer that. Okay, the first one, the first question. I just say you do not have to answer that. That's, you know, it's your private life. I agree. The first question, um, I will not answer only because I don't want to undermine other actresses who take on the roles. They have their reasons for taking them on. And, you know, fair enough. And I don't think I have the right to say that they are not right for taking on those roles. But you said the roles that you want. You want to make sure that she's inter yeah. integral into the so script. So that, makes, that makes, ma makes it easier for me to know what I don't want. <laughs> but um, as for your second question, it's good. Thank you. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite character of the movies that you've been in? I'd be biased and I'll say Trishna. Okay. Just good because I, I could do, I did everything in the film. I did what I did in Slumdog. I danced. <laughs> I, I cried. Um, so you talk a lot about, you know, what you like in having a woman's role or as an actress. What outside of the film world inspires you? If there's any, you know, re any philosophy or anything that you then take into your career? Great question. Um, and does it have to be a philosophy? It could be anything. Music. Music, I think, really drives me and music and dance especially. Because I feel what I sometimes cannot do when I'm acting, which is just letting go, which is just falling down, and knowing that you have the strength in you to break the fall, I feel I can do that when I watch, I, I, I feel like dancers can do that, or I feel a musician can do that and take that extra risk. And I've been dancing for a while now with um, a couple of trainers for this film that I'm prepping for, and I just feel it's so liberating, you know, something that I never, really realized that I could actually do back in the day and actually something that would help me with my acting. So it's, it's a good balance. I think just performing arts and just having a taste of almost everything is just fantastic. And I feel another thing for me is just developing human relationships and that's something I always like to do. Um, and I get to do that when I do either my charity work or I'm just researching something for a character. And I think that's something that all of us must do, because it's just, I don't know, you just stay in touch with reality when you do that. Great. Um, so this film opens in New York and LA on July 17th. It's playing at Tribeca also. So we will look forward to seeing it in the theaters, and hope it's a huge success. And I want to thank Frida Pinto and all of you for coming out tonight. Thank you.